0: So if you have your Bibles. (laughs) I want you to turn to Philippians. As we continue our journey. uh, We have now come to the uh, latter part of this letter. We are now uh, going to uh, go into a very uh, familiar passages. Uh, It's interesting to me uh, that. There, there are certain uh, verses that, you know, we, can, we, can, we get nailed down, you know. And verse number 13 is one of those verses. Uh, but uh, we also understand, and I know this is really getting deep for you on a Wednesday night, y'all. I think you can handle this. But before you get to verse number 13, uh, you have to look at verses 10, 11, and 12. I told you this was deep. Okay. Some of y'all are still kind of thinking that one out. But uh, this evening, I want to preach a message entitled, Lessons Learned. Lessons Learned. Paul here uh, helps us to understand that as we go through our journey, uh, as we're going through our, our, our walk, uh, we have to go to school. Uh I don't know about you, but uh, there were some things that I excelled in in school. I did a real good job in PE. I got straight A's. I'm just letting you know, I got straight A's in PE. Also, lunch. I got that one nailed down pretty well, too. Now, there were some other courses that I didn't do so great in, and some courses that I didn't think were really relevant to me at that time, And but my teachers thought it was, and... I, I didn't do so well. Some of you can identify with that, can you not? But also, taking that and applied it spiritually, there are some things that we have learned in uh, this school of life. Some may say it's the school of hard knocks. Some of us have learned some lessons. And I dare say that most of the lessons that we've learned that have really helped us in our faith, maybe at that particular time, but on down the road, came because of trials and tribulations. So with that in mind, we're looking uh, in chapter 4, and we're uh, going to be uh, starting with verse number 10. And this is what the Bible says. It says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. Paul is very thankful. Matter of fact, that the word usage there is that he's basically saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And then he goes on and tells why he's so thankful and why he's rejoicing. That now at the last, your care of me both have flourished again wherein you were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. So here Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. Ten years prior, uh, Paul, of course, is was instrumental in, in getting this church going. He still has a very uh, fond affection for them. They had been gracious to him. But for some reason... Uh, their, their care or their gift to him uh, haven't been, has not been coming, but now they have started that again, and he's thankful for that. So the first lesson we're going to see in verse number 10 is there are seasons of life. Okay? There, there, there are seasons in our life, in our journey, if you will, and we'll look a little more in detail. So uh, then verse number 11, we see the second lesson. And the second lesson that we see in verse number eleven is the sufficiency of our life. Listen to how he puts it. He says, "Now that I speak in now that I speak in respect of want, uh, he says that I have learned." Now that's a key word in this verse. The word "learn" and uh, we see it in the Greek uh, thought. The Greek culture that Paul was very familiar with, uh, that uh, they, they were all into about learning, about being instructed, and uh, we're going to uh, dig in that a little bit more. So he, he says that, that what he's learned, he says, here's what I've learned, in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. So he came to understand, first of all, there are seasons in his life And we're going to see that uh, he understood the providence of God. And then the second lesson is that he finds himself with the understanding that Christ is sufficient for all of his needs. But then we we move on and we see the, the, the next lesson, verse number 12. He says, and I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to be abound and to suffer need. And so we see here uh, the third lesson is that he learns the secret of life. He's learning what this is really all about. Okay, And then in verse number 13, we find the, the next lesson, the fourth lesson. And he says, here's the lesson. He says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And so that lesson that we learned there is he understands where his strength lies. Now... Some of us have gone to the school of hard knocks or the school of life. And some of us have done well in certain areas. But I really believe that all of us here tonight, we still have some learning to do. We still have not got there. Now, we got some of it uh, and, and some of it we're still working on but I also believe that some of us might need to go back to school and relearn some things. Here's what it's all about. How can I come to a place in my life that no matter what's going on, I'm content? I don't know about you, but that's my goal for my life. No matter what's coming my way, I want to be able to say, I'm content. In other words, to, to, to be a little more modern, if you will, I'm cool with everything. I'm good. I'm good if it's, if it's bad. I'm good when things are going well. I'm good. And I don't know about you, but we need to have a people of God that have come to the time in their life that they've learned this lesson, I'm content. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the reading of your word, for the power contained in your word. I ask now that you would just use me, Lord. I understand I am not, I am not worthy. I know there's a lot better preachers out there, I, Lord. I understand that, but Lord, I'm it, and I want to be your instrument. And so I know that the only way I can be your instrument is that I have to come to you as a clean vessel. So Lord, I ask right now that you would just uh, forgive me of any sins that I have not confessed to you. Maybe I forgot about. Lord, I want to be a clean vessel. And I want to be used of you because these people have showed up on a Wednesday night not to hear about Mike's opinions and the way Mike feels about things, but they've come to hear a word from you. And Lord, there's someone here tonight that cannot say they're content. There's some stuff going on in their life. Maybe as we as a church tonight can say we're not content because stuff going on. Lord, I pray tonight that we'll go back into the classroom. And Lord, when the test is given we'll be able to ace it and we'll walk out of here with a full understanding that no matter what state I'm in, I'm content. That's our prayer tonight. For it's in the Lord Jesus Christ we do pray. Amen. And so here we see Paul has already alluded to... And uh, he's uh, talked about, uh, uh, you know, here's here's how I come to that. Now, understand this. Paul is going to walk us through. Paul just didn't one day uh, kind of wake up and says, okay, I got it all down. He had to go through some stuff. He had to take some steps, if you will, for him to arrive to the conclusion that he finds himself content no matter what's going on in his life. In Proverbs, the 30th proverb, in verses 7 through 9, uh, I'm just going to paraphrase here but the the, the the, the, the proverb uh, tells us that uh, I don't. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter if I'm rich or I'm poor. Uh, it goes on and says that I find myself that I want to be in the position that if I'm, but if I'm, uh, if I'm fed and if I'm full, I'm content. But also, I, I don't want to come to the point to where I'm so full of myself that I realize I don't need the Lord Jesus Christ working in my life. That I have arrived. I've been able to do all of this because of my attributes and because of my talents and all that. He says, I don't want to come to a point in that. I want to find my contentment in the Lord Jesus Christ. But then he goes on and says, but I also don't want to be poor uh, that would cause me to go and to steal and I would deny the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Proverbs tells us that we need to understand that we have to have a proper balance in our lives. And we also need to understand that stuff is not going to bring contentment. More things is not going to bring more contentment in my life. But when you shake it all out, I will be able to stand and say, I'm content because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for me. And I'm trusting Jesus that he's going to see me through this thing. And so here we, we see, uh, and we've already alluded to that, I dare say that the lessons that you've learned probably didn't come because you were having success. Matter of fact, I think that's some of our detriment, we're not only within the church, but in the nation in which we live. We've got too much stuff. Let's just be honest with you. And and I'm preaching to Mike because uh, this morning as I was getting my clothes out, and I don't care what you say about my shirt, it's fuchsia. It's not pink. It's fuchsia or fuchsia or whatever you call it, okay? It's not pink. And besides, if it was pink, I'm just wanting you to know, I was able to wear it because I was securing my manhood. (laughs) So you can talk about my shirt all you want to. It happened to be the only one that was clean, too. (laughs) But I went into my walk-in closet, and I had uh, all kinds of different colored shirts. I had pants, and I looked around, and I thought to myself, because I knew, I've been studying this text, I got too much stuff. And and, and, uh, we recently just moved, and and I know we got too much stuff. And, and and so here, we have to understand that it could be we got too much stuff. We become uh, self-sufficient uh, to the point to where we are saying, I don't need God. That's exactly where we're at. Our churches, and, and and thank God for this church. And we looked at the financial uh, records tonight, and you'll see that uh, we're debt free, and praise the Lord for that. And uh, we see that uh, uh, you know we're budget wise, we're doing quite well. But I'm telling you, we better be careful and go, and and not get so uh, cocky about that, and so confident, and saying, well, hey, everything must be going okay when everything's not going okay. And the reason why we're saying everything's okay, because we got money in the bank. Could it be? Could it be the reason why you're seeing the move of God in countries, third world countries, is because they have not come to where we're at today. They realize they don't have anything and anything they get is because of the mighty hand of God. Maybe it's time for us to get rid of some of our stuff and realize if it wasn't for the Lord Jesus Christ, we would not be where we're at tonight. And so he, he goes and he, he says, and Paul says, I've learned this. Now, the first thing that we learned, uh, I've already alluded to, it's in verse number 10. Paul is making reference to the gift that has been given to him at the church at Philippi. And then we've already made reference, that's back in Philippians chapter 1. Uh, and so Paul was very grateful, but notice uh, who he's rejoicing in. He's not rejoicing in the ones who give him him the gift. He's rejoicing in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, here's what Paul understood. Paul understood that the reason why he was being taken care of because the providential hand of God. Now, understand this. He also recognized the fact that God used people to bless him. Let's don't lose sight of that. We, we understand, but, but we, when it all boils down to it, it's the providential hand of God that's able to bless us the way we've been blessed. Now, that word providence, uh, it's made of two Latin words. Uh, the, the word pro, which means before, and the word video, which is the word to see. And so the providence of God is this. God sees it before you do. God sees it before you do. Now, not only does he see it, but he orchestrates and he puts people in the places that they need to be. Now, you need to stay with me on this because this spoke to me and I, and I had to repent of some things. Paul understood, yes, those people helped him, but it was because of the Lord Jesus Christ working in their life, and because the Lord Jesus working in their life, then the task that was set before them was to be able to be accomplished. I don't know about you, but we we ought to fall on our knees and raise our hand and thank God that He chooses to use us. Because He doesn't need us. Why? He's God. And sometimes we've lost sight of that. Sometimes we want to play God. Sometimes we want to say, hey, we know how to operate. We know how to uh, organize. I'm telling you, we better be careful because the very thing that we're boasting in, God can take it away from us. He's the giver and taker. And so we see that uh, they gave him this gift. And he notices here, uh, he says that they lack opportunity. Now, we don't know why they lacked opportunity. Could it be that God was, didn't get the, uh, the people in place at the time? Maybe they didn't have the concern they should have. We don't know that. But he says that they lacked opportunity. I started thinking about that. You know the reason why so many people are are not content, and if you don't think that, then I don't know where you've been living. I'm running into people every day, discontented, restless. Oh, I gotta go down. I don't. Have it. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna go move there. I'm gonna go there. We're discontented in the homes that we live So I need a, I need a bigger house. I, I want a bigger house. I'm gonna build me a bigger house. Now, in and itself, there's nothing wrong with that. But you better not be building a house or buying you an automobile because you think that's gonna make you content. It will not make you content. Matter of fact, when you start paying the mortgage and the car payment, you will be discontented. Amen. <laughs> I mean, so, so here he says, there's opportunities. But Paul recognized as he was going through his journey of life that the needs that he had at this particular time, God orchestrated it all. God moved people in his path that would fulfill the task that was set before them. Do you really believe that God's in control of your life? Do you really believe that God knows what he's doing? But we say we do, but we live like we don't believe it. Because here's what we'll do. I'm discontinuing my work. I think I ought to be making more money. Now, you may be justified in that thought. And so what do you do? You start looking for another job. The grass is always greener on the other side, they say. And do you know why? Because there's probably a cesspool over there. (laughs) I'm just saying. The grass is not always greener on the other side. Why are you moving? Because you're discontented. Why do we have churches popping up all over creation? Because there were some who were discontent. I'm telling you, it's amazing to me and, and maybe they don't read the same scriptures I do. But I believe with all my heart that when God wants a new church, He's going to open the doors. I don't have to kick them in. And that's what happens. Mark it, mark it down. That's what happens. And many of these new church stuff, not all of them. Now, don't, I'm not throwing a blanket all over them. Some of them, I believe they were prayed over and it was in an area where there was no gospel being preached and, 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 and somebody had a, uh, they saw an opportunity. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying on the whole, you go ahead and you ask, how'd your church get started? It's because we had a fight down the other one. Right. It reminds me of the guy that uh, got uh, deserted on a, uh, an island out in the Pacific. You might've heard this story. And it had been some years, and they finally uh, found him. And as they come on the shore, they notice there's three buildings there on the island. And so they, they're getting there They say, well, there's just only one guy here. So they meet the guy, and they said, uh, hey, uh, we're here to rescue you. you know." And he was happy and all. And they said, "Um." We got a couple of questions for you. And he says, what's that? He said, well, what's these buildings? There's three buildings. He said, well, that building over there, he says, uh, the, when I first got, and I knew that I wasn't going to be rescued for a while, I thought, well, i got to have a place to live. He said, that building over there, that's my house. I said, okay. And he says, the second building. He says, well, I always I was a church goer. enjoyed going to church, and I missed going to church, so I built a church. And that's the church I used to go to. And they said, okay, understand that, but what's this third building? He says, that's the church I go to now. And they said, well, why why do you have another church? He says, because I got mad at the other one. (laughs) Now, that's a funny little story, but it's not funny because it's reality. That's how many, because they didn't get their way over here. Somebody hurt their feelings over here. And so what are we going to do? I'm going to go and find me another church. And guess what they'll find? The same issues that they left behind. I'm just telling you. Church is made of people. People have issues. People bring problems. But we have to understand that when God gives us the opportunity then we're able to step through it and what the task has been given to us will be fulfilled because God's the one that opened the door. That's what he's talking about here. He's talking that I realized that as I journey through life, God provided, God opened the doors that I needed to go through. So here's what we need to do. This is what you need to learn in our first lesson. You need to learn that it's my job to prepare myself Get plugged in where God has allowed me to be plugged in and let Him promote me if He sees fit and not me. Okay? So now we move on. We also see that He, and in verse number 10, He's still saying, He says and, and, uh, that, uh, uh, that they helped me and they, they flourished again. See, here's the problem with some of us. Is that we have missed a lot of opportunities. We missed a lot of opportunities because we did not orchestrate the opportunities. I, I, I know there's a door open, but, 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 but uh, didn't you say you surrendered over to me? Jesus talking. Didn't you surrender your life over to me? Well, yeah, yeah, I did. Well, I've opened the door. I don't like that door. Amen. What I meant, Lord, is that I want something where I don't have to change diapers. I want something that is going to get me a little air time. It's going to get me some spotlight time. It's going to put me in front of people. May I remind you. May I remind you. This is a wonderful privilege I have. I thank God I'm able to do what I can do. But I'm telling you, if that's all I'm in it for, is because I can get in the spotlight, I'm doing it for the wrong reason. I'm not doing it to be seen of men. I'm doing what I'm doing because I want to please Him. And it could be that that opportunity that God wants you to walk through... Nobody even knows that you're doing it. Uh, There is a lot of people in this church working behind the scenes. You don't have a clue what they're doing. You don't understand about uh, the ladies that clean the church. You don't understand what they have to put up with. You don't understand what it takes to have the doors open and and for you to be able to come into a a, a nice air-conditioned building. It, It takes a lot of people behind the scenes but may I remind us, they're just as important to the gospel of Jesus Christ as I am up here standing and preaching before you this evening. We're, I'm, I'm, I'm burdened about this, that we think that if we're not being seen or we're not being recognized, God can't use us. God can use us. The problem is, are we willing to be used? And if we're not willing to be used, God won't open the door. You step through the doors, God has opened for you. Now, moving on very quickly. We, we see that uh, the, uh, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 27, paraphrasing here, it, it says, as far as caring for someone, as far as being a blessing to someone, he says, do not withhold a good uh, to whom it is due, because the power of the hand, uh, you have the power in your hand to do so. In other words, don't miss out on an opportunity to bless somebody. Now, I know this is very trivial, uh, but I'm telling you, if we're not taking care of the small things, He's not going to give us the bigger things. Okay? It could be simply, you are in the drive-thru. And the person behind you, you don't have a clue who they are. God's laid it upon your heart. You want to bless them today. So you go up and you pay for their meal. Not too long ago, we were in line and uh, the car in front of us, I don't know, I don't know who they were. Uh, we drove up to the window and they said, hey, it's already been covered. Uh, the person in front of you took care of your breakfast for you this morning. That blessed me. Uh, and, and, you know, blessed me to the fact I wish I'd have ordered more. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'd known that, I'd have got the hash browns, went with the biscuit, you know. Or maybe just writing a little note. Hey, just wanting to know I'm praying for you. Know you're going through a rough time just letting you know I'm here for you. What's that take? Two minutes? And whatever the postage stamp is. I've gotten letters uh, and I've gotten notes. And I'm telling you, that blesses me. See, we don't have to have the big things. We, we, we think for some reason that you got to have the big stuff. I am mean, just the small things that can bless somebody. And so when we move on and, he, and look at verse number 11. In verse number 11, he helps us to understand the sufficiency for his life. Now, there's some things that you just have to learn. Notice, he says that he's learned. Oh, We understand that uh, in Romans chapter 5, verse number three that it says that in tribulations, tribulations will produce patience. And then in verse number four it says and patience will produce experience or endurance and endurance produces hope. And then here in verse number 11 we see that then when you understand that you go through some trials and those trials sometimes sometimes we're so easy. Here's what we'll do. If you know anything about boxing or whatnot like that, they'll, uh, the, the guy that uh, is in the corner, you know, he's got a white towel, and his guy's getting beat, man. I mean, he's getting a beat down. And sometimes they'll just throw the thing in, the, which means he quits. It's over. That's what many of us do when trials and tribulations come our way. We want to throw the towel in. And we have missed out. On some lessons that will enable us to get to where we need to be in our spiritual walk, and that's contentment. Amen. Trials produce patience. Patience produces endurance or experience, and that pr- produces hope. But then we also see, and, and uh, Paul said it in 2 Corinthians, uh, in chapter number uh, three, verse number five. He found out his sufficiency was in Christ. Now, how did he get there? He had to go through some trials. I'm telling you. I've been thinking about this. It's real easy to quit. It don't take, it don't take much. It's easy to quit. But I'm telling you, too many times we quit too early and we miss a lesson that would help us to get to where we could come to a time in our life to where we say, whatever comes my way, I have contentment. Now's the time not to quit. Now's the time not to throw in because it could be that you're just one step from contentment. And so here he goes, and he, he, he talks, uh, he's my He says, I found out that and I heard this saying the other day, I heard this woman say, well, I got faith in myself. And I thought, oh, my. <laughs> or have you heard this? Uh, you, I, I'm, I'm going to empower myself. Now, I understand about having confidence, and I, I have nothing against that. By the way, you do know that there is a very fine line between confidence and cockiness. I like to watch football. But I'm telling you, I have a real problem when the guy scores a touchdown. Now, I can see it if the game's tied, national championships on the line, and right at the very last snap of the play, he runs it in, scores the winning touchdown. I can see about excessive celebration. I can understand that. But I have yet to figure out you're losing 60 to nothing and you score a touchdown with 10 seconds left in the game and then you get penalized because of excessive celebration. And then they walk around. I thought, dude, you're getting your hat handed to you. You have nothing to be prideful about. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the weird one in here. Do, y'all, do you see? But that's exactly what we've done, not only uh, in the secular world, but that's what we've done in church. Amen. Devil's law. The devil's win. And the devil's knocked some of our people down. And, and, and the devil's getting these punches. And, and we got people who are hurting and, and people who have scars. And, and we're going around saying, yep, yep, but our budget looks good. What is wrong with us? We have nothing to be confident in. Because your your faith, faith in yourself let you down. I'm telling you, you will mess yourself up. You're going to fall. You're going to mess up along the line. Now, you can go ahead and say you can empower yourself all you want to, but unless you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, you're in deep trouble and you'll never find contentment when you go around saying, I got faith in myself, I got confidence in myself, I'm empowering myself. And the first trial that comes along, you throw the towel in. The sufficiency of Christ, Paul said, is good enough for me. But then he goes on. Look at verse number 12 very quickly. As we come to verse number 12, we see uh, what's the secret here. Now, we see that he uses that word instruction. Understand, he's talking uh, in, in, in the Greek culture, if you will. They were big on uh, learning. You know, there was a lot of philosophy and all that kind of stuff like that. And philosophy, uh, you do know what philosophy. Philosophy is talking in circles, in pursuit of truth, you never get to it. That's what philosophy is. I took philosophy classes, and I'm overthinking. This ain't getting me nowhere. Because you know, when you came and says, "Ah, oh, I found it," somebody else has a little better take on things. And so, Darren, you got to come up with something else. Then, when you get to that, you got to come up with something else. It, it's never ending. The, matter of fact, in, and in the Greek culture here that Paul is very familiar with, they never came up with a concrete answer. So he takes that word learned, and because they believe that the more you learn, you, you step up. Okay? And the reason why is because they want to go around and they want to be the more intellectual. By the way, And I've just got to, this is not in my notes. I just thought about this. That's exactly what Calvinistic theology does. Because if I'm one of the elect and you're not, I'm a little bit better. And then when you say, well, I don't believe in that Calvinistic theology, I don't believe that God's already picked and choose who's going to hell and who's going to heaven. Because my Bible reads it's God's will for all to go to heaven. But you start arguing with that and they say, well, you, you'll get it if you get a little more intellectual. A bunch of garbage. My Bible teaches whosoever will. My Bible teaches that we're all equal at the foot of the cross. And so here, as I thought about getting back on track, I had to chase that rabbit just a little bit. Is that, so Paul is using that term, and here's what Paul's saying. Paul says, as I'm working my way up. Okay, what's he working his way up? To contentment, right? He says, as I'm working my way up, I'm learning I need to get rid of things that the world has to offer and as I'm dropping these things that the world has to offer that's hindering me from having contentment because I believed at one time these things were helping me to have contentment, I found out when I got there, I'm still not content. And so as I'm, as I'm w- walking up, if you will, I'm dropping these off. Now, how are you dropping these things off? By trials and tribulations. By testings. there's a gospel that's going out that it's all happy-go-lucky. You don't need to be hurting. You don't need to be sick. You don't need to have financial problems because God is a God of love and peace and joy and is. But you got to balance it with we're going to suffer for the cause of Jesus Christ. But when, my, when I'm going through these sufferings, I'm getting closer and closer to where I come as Paul and say, no matter what state I'm in, I'm content. Now, we've got, we've got to close. And so. And so, so, so he's, uh, he's talking and he says, I've learned these things. Uh, he's uh, going ar- around and now he's saying, now uh, in the last, in verse uh, number 13, he says, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Now, I've, some of the commentaries I, I came across that you could easily translate to that no matter what comes my way, I'll be able to get through it because of His strength. See, when I learned that, then I have learned the lesson of how to be content. I'm content because I've learned that what the world has to offer doesn't bring contentment. I've learned to offer that my empowerment and faith in myself and my confidence and because of my education, uh, that has not given me contentment. But I found this out. As God has allowed me to go through testing, trials, and tribulations, and as He's let me go through the fires, I came to understand If it wasn't for the Lord, if it wasn't for the Lord, where would I be? And now I have contentment. No matter what comes into my life, I may not be able to handle it, but He sure can. And when you come to learn that lesson, you now have contentment. And now you know God's in control of my life. He's not allowed anything to come in without Him first knowing about it. And He's allowed it to come into my life not to hurt me, not to beat me up, but make me stronger and to make me realize all I really need is just Jesus.